0: And we are back on the uh, KYMN Morning Show. We have a, a couple of guests in our uh, in our studios right now. We'd like to uh, to, to welcome uh, Jeff Applequist, is a uh, graduate of Carleton College and is also a. Uh, would you call your, you? I was looking at your bio. You do a lot of things. You have a lot of titles. What uh, What are you currently doing? Uh, Right now
1: I'm focused on teaching leadership and Mm -hmm. designing uh, experiential learning programs based on historical venues. So I actually take, I've had a long corporate career, but uh, now I'm taking corporate teams out to historic sites like the Gettysburg and Little Bighorn Mm -hmm. Battlefields and the the Lewis and Clark Trail in Montana and so forth and creating a multi-day leadership Experience. That's mm. sort of how I'm making my living at this point, All right.
0: And that brings us to our other guest, which is a, a noted uh, explorer and uh, uh, Will Steger, mm-hmm. uh, Arctic explorer. Will, thank you so much for coming in. Great today. to be here. Yeah, thank you for having us. Now we, we're having you. You're both in town to do a uh, presentation, a speech at uh, Carleton College tonight. Mm-hmm. Why don't we start off by talking a Giving you a little promo of what people uh, will be uh, could
2: expect and what what the topic is. Yeah, well, Je- Jeff is um, you know his his background is in business leadership and uh, mine is in expeditions expedition leadership. So we're combining the two together. And uh, this is our first first presentation together. We've been pract- uh, you know talking about this for a long time. So this is going to be a very interesting evening at six at, at Carlton tonight. But. Um, uh, so we're combining the combinations and uh, talking about our life's experience in those different areas. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's talk about that. It's, uh,
0: it has to do with leadership. And I'm sure there is a, uh, you can give a talk for an hour or two, and that's one thing. But to build and develop new leaders, a new generation of leaders, uh, probably uh, take a little bit more than that. And tell us what your uh, overall program and your goals are.
1: Well, our overall goal is to uh, develop a program that will be run out of Ely-Wills mm-hmm. Homestead up in northern Minnesota, and this would be uh, a multi-day thing, and we'd invite leaders from business, from academia, from government, uh, nonprofits, any field of endeavor to uh, come up and, and talk about leadership, um, innovate, uh, overcome hopefully their organizational challenges, maybe even the world's challenges, so that the three-day pilot is in the works for next year and prior to that we're wanting to get out on the keynote speaking circuit and tonight is sort of the first uh effort around that at the white center on carlton campus 6 30 tonight and it's free and open to the public so we invite anyone who's interested to come and talk with us
0: it sounds like a very interesting night i would love to uh Mm -hmm. love to attend that and i I might very well do that if i have the opportunity tonight Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh will why familiarize some people with your background uh they know that you're an arctic explorer It's well uh, you have a, a famous name for that uh, mm-hmm. but you have uh how many times have you been to the arctic yeah. and what uh I, is it just
2: vacation for you do you <laughs> do scientific study let's tell us about that well, i've been traveling the arctic since 1963 when i was a kid so and i've been to the, you know both poles greenland all the ice caps i and uh, I'm a Minnesota kid, so that's kind of a, not a direct connection, but cool weather in the north. And mm-hmm. uh, But uh, the ex- expeditions for me, most of the major expeditions I did were really scientific and educational. And uh, it was usually built around drawing world attention to a particular area like the preservation of Antarctic the Treaty in 1990. So I used the expeditions as a platform that garnered, you know, support and attention to the educational program or the science that we were doing. And I, I was always involved in climate change, uh, the global warming. I taught actually climate in my classes in the 60s when I was a school teacher in Richfield. And uh, so, I've, you know, I've also become an eyewitness of all the changes in the Arctic. And uh, 20 years ago when the Larson ice shelf broke up, a huge ice shelf in Antarctica, uh, that was my call to action, and and uh, and then ever since then, the last 20 years, I've been working in, in in climate, but uh, but leadership has always been a very important part of my, what, everything I do. You know, setting the example first of all as a person, but but uh, leading expeditions and uh, programs like that, and. Um, and uh, my main legacy, my main goal in my life, I actually was, is, and I've been working on this for about thirty years, is building a convening center, big uh, like a Camp David of the wilderness, up in Ely. So, and my goal there was to be- bring leaders, leadership, uh, and policymakers, national, international policymakers. And uh, Jeff and I connected about three years ago through a mutual friend, and and it was a kind of a natural, uh, n- natural relationship that we built up. I, I'm. Uh, very interested in the knowledge that jeff has and and his leadership approach and i think maybe v- vice versa mm-hmm. so we uh decided to you know to first lecture a little bit to get more acquainted and talk to more people and then eventually starting next year to do our first pilot programs up in Ely. Mm-hmm. boy that's uh, next year already is <laughs> yes, uh let, let,
0: yeah. <laughs> let's let's talk about the leadership a portion of this what are some of the I guess the, the skills and the mm-hmm. traits that you look to develop within people.
1: Well, it's interesting. Uh, I have written several books over the years and focused on a range of what I call leadership dimensions, including things like establishing a common purpose, uh, relationships and trust, communication, decision-making, all the things that good leaders need to to do. And when Will and I, uh, Matt, got together, uh, it was fascinating because he had sort of a list of leadership dimensions that he thought were important as well, and it was a virtual match. So I think we're in agreement that these are the things that that uh, good leaders need to do. Tonight we'll talk specifically about establishing a lofty goal and also the importance of relationships, teamwork, and trust, just two of the leadership dimensions that we both agree are mm-hmm. critically important for teams and leaders to be successful.
0: Jeff Applequist and Will Steger are our guests uh, today. Once again, they'll be speaking tonight at Carleton. We'll have more on that in just a moment or so. Let's go back to you. You'd mentioned uh, the Wilderness Center. Uh, that has been, I know, an ongoing thing with you for I don't know how many years. When did you start that? And uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, the Steger Wilderness Center.
2: Well, actually, you know, I started in 1988. Actual building it, I, mm-hmm. I lived off road. In other words, two lakes, three miles from nearest road. So we actually tried to build it. Dog slaying in a million pounds of sand and gravel that first winter for Ooh. training for Antarctica, but uh, that we put a road in, and so I've been building the last 34 years on it. But it's been a goal all my life. In education, I've always felt that I could make the biggest impact in my life if I could reach, you know, the top level leadership. So mm-hmm. so it's been an ongoing uh, development of that. I, I haven't been too public on it. You know, I, I, my expeditions were basically, in many ways, means to an end to build up the center and build up uh, to a point where you can actually draw people to come up and see it. You know, and,
0: tell us a little bit about the activity that, uh, can can anybody just go up there? Is it focused on uh, groups or children or adults or business? Yeah,
2: uh, yeah, it's mainly it's, it's going to be a higher level of leadership. It's not, it, it can't, it, because it's a really sensitive wilderness, you can't accommodate, you know, continual large groups of people. So mm-hmm. it's not like a nature center. It's more of a more of a uh, you know invitation type thing. I, I also work a lot in the summer and in, in jobs training in, for the inner city, north side of Minneapolis. We do a lot of women's courses and that. And so we we do a lot of jobs manual type training in the, in the trades in the summer, and that that's where we get our, our main population of people come in. But the uh, the main uh, educational or the 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 leadership courses, as we see, are going to be for smaller groups. You know, probably. The range of 12 to 16.
0: All right. Uh, once again, uh, Will Steger and Jeff Applequist are with us uh, speaking tonight at uh, Carleton College. We've got a few minutes. I want to get into uh, a little more with you, uh, Will, about uh, about your attraction to cold weather. You know, uh, <laughs> Minnesotan. like I've lived in Minnesota for 36 years now. will be 36 years on Saturday. And... You get used to the cold weather, and then you get kind of burnt out. I'm speaking for myself. Yeah. I get kind of burnt out on that, and I'd like yeah. to go to a yeah. colder cl- or warmer climate. Yeah. Uh, you you have chosen uh, you know the
2: Arctic and the Antarctic yeah. and some cold weather. What is yeah. the attraction? Well, you know, there, there's two types of cold weather in Minnesota. One is living in the city, and uh, and that's. You know, i 've I've spent six months all the year in the city, and then you 're basically fighting the winter all the time. I mean you have to dress up you 've got a hassle of starting your car and doing all that. but in the wilderness uh, it 's more you know you, you just go go with it when it snows, you travel over it you don 't have to start a car uh, so the wil- The wilderness to me the real wilderness is really a, a pleasant place to live in as I many cold cold you get you have to adapt around certain temperatures and so forth but but uh I mean, once you have the skills and the knowledge of traveling uh but there's the presence of the wilderness in that type of a setting is what attracts me mm-hmm. and uh so i'm i'm kind of a i live two two forms of life i live i'm in society working on non profits education I do that a lot and i really i really enjoy that you know the civilized world uh but I also like to round that out with wilderness travel. Right now presently I'm just because I'm committed on what Je- our Jeff and ours commitment on leadership and building out the center I take uh, solos in the spring in other words I travel alone and the reason I do solo is a couple reasons. It's simple uh, it's something I can just basically fly up, uh, fly into and dropped off and uh, either I make myself I'll make myself to, out, out, to get out in a village or I'm picked up by a plane and then I'm out 60 days later and then I'm back, back into my everyday life. So it's, it's not, I wouldn't call it a, a, a vacation, but it's a way where I really regenerate a lot. And I do share this with everybody. I, I call in every day, so I, I do have a following. That's a big part of it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, real important to me to share and educate people and the things that I see and I, what, the things that I'm witnessing.
0: You will be embarking on one of those uh, solo trips here
2: in the very near future, going up to, uh, north of, uh, is a Great Bear Lake? Yeah, I'll Tell us be about leaving that. in a couple weeks from now. Great Bear Lake is a, it's, a, it's one of the largest freshwater lakes in the world. It's in Northwest Territories, right on the Arctic Circle. So it's a very extremely wild area. So I'm going to be flown into there. And we're uh, being dropped off at 60 days of food. I have to travel about 800 miles to get out to a village. So I'll be traveling during the breakup season. I'll be there at the very tail end of winter, and then I'm traveling on winter on on the rivers when they're freezing up, and then eventually I have a small portable raft, uh, 10 pound raft. I'll float out at the end to get up get out. But um, people can follow if they want. I have a Will Steger Facebook or StegerCenter.org dot uh, org is is my organization. You can. Just Google my name, and another two weeks from now there'll be a link if anyone wants to follow that trip. All right,
0: um, that is. A, are you are you walking this whole time, or snowshoeing,
2: or are you canoeing? How that eight hundred miles is yep. is a good trek. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually experiencing almost three seasons in you know sixty days. I start off hauling. I'll be hauling uh, three small sleds, you know, about two hundred forty pounds. Mostly, most of it's food. About you know three fourths of its food and fuel. And then, uh, as it breaks up, I have a. Before I used to haul a canoe with runners, so in the in, in between season, I could go butt both ice and water, and then I would canoe out. But I have the capacity with the uh, the raft that I'm bringing. It's, it's, it compacts down almost like a sleeping bag, but it weighs 10 pounds. That gives me the ability. Then, once it does break out, providing in an area where you know I'm going down river. I can float out, get out, so I'm able to travel through that hole. I, mm-hmm. I experience the whole migration of waterfowl, which is millions and millions of, of waterfowl migrate into these areas. It's almost like the Serengeti. So I'm there mm-hmm. before. I actually I greet them when they come in, and during that 60-day period I, I see the mating process, the nesting, then the birthing, and then the training of the flights, and when I'm out, the young are in the air, and I'm flying back to Minneapolis.
0: Wow, it's fascinating. Now, while you're there, you're bringing some food. Do you have to live off the land? Uh, do you do you catch fish or do hunting, or
2: is it all the stuff you bring? You pretty much have to be self-contained. I'll, I'll be able to fish at the end because of the lake, the rivers and the mm-hmm. lakes will be open. So, But, uh, you know, I'll have to rely a little bit on fish towards the end. Cause, uh, but you pretty much have to be self-reliant on carrying your food in. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not the capacity, especially in the winter, uh, to live off the land. I mean, I'm a you know, the the hunting there is for natives only, so the you know, white people don't hunt mm-hmm. in, the, in these regions out of respect for the communities mm-hmm. there. Uh, so you have to be self-contained when you go in.
0: I want to ask you about uh, the long-term, what you've seen long-term. You'd mentioned back in the early 1960s was the first time you'd ventured out to the uh, Arctic. Yeah. Uh, you've been there many times since then. Have you witnessed uh, the effects of climate change in the areas that you have been, either in the Arctic
2: or Antarctic? Yeah, that's a very good question. It's, I just can't find the words for the changes. I mean, the Arctic Ocean, which used to be a frozen ocean, uh, size of the United States and Mexico, I've been on it to the pole four times in my life, and uh, you no longer can make it to the pole from land. I mean, it's it's an open ocean, 40% of it's, ice, floating ice in the summer, but it's open now. Antarctica, the, these large ice shelves that I've traveled on have all disappeared. Uh, the, the, I did, I've done some geographic firsts in my life, uh, but those firsts are no longer possible to do because they're actually the last. The routes don't exist anymore. So I've seen, uh, you know, I've, I've been the eyewitness, and I, I took that eyewitness story to the public 20, 20 years ago. And, um, you know, and I think it was our story, the stories of the adventure and the eyewitness uh, at that time drew attention to the climate change. And now, you know, we all have our own eyewitness stories because we're all we're all seeing it ourselves down here. And uh, the extreme what we're seeing are the extremes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it's all around us California, Mississippi, the huge tornado that just went through and all this. So. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, yeah the, it's changed totally. The Arctic is much different than uh, what it was, and just uh, surprisingly a short distance it, in the last 20 years has been quite remarkable. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, we're just about out of
0: time, gentlemen. I could, I could talk to you all day <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, about Thanks this. Thanks for having but, us. But I, nice. want,
0: uh, but I do want to uh, to uh, check in one more time and get some more information about the uh, event tonight. Uh, Jeff, maybe you could Sure. Pay. The title of it is Exploring Leadership, uh, Leadership
1: Lessons from... The Wilderness Expeditions of Will Steger, and it is at the White Center on the Carleton Campus at 6:30 p.m. We will start. We'll talk for I don't know. We haven't done it before, so maybe an hour <laughs> or so, and then we'll do some certainly some Q&A. But it is free and open to the public. So anyone who's interested, we encourage you to come on
0: out tonight and hear our talk. And that is uh, fascinating You've uh you are actually a Carleton grad. I am. Uh, 1980 hello. Carleton grad. 1980. Correct. It's great right. to be back on campus. All right. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for stopping And Is there anything else? I guess we have about 60 seconds. Is there anything else you'd like to mention while we oh, have you here?
2: I'm fine.
0: Yep. Uh, all right. Thank you Enjoy so much yep. for coming. You, it's Jeff. been very enjoyable, and uh, uh, we will look forward to maybe seeing you tonight. Okay. Thanks. Good. Thank you. 95.1 FM and AM 1080, KYMN Northfield. That was uh, Will Steger, and